the 2021 Future Strategy Forum focused on the nexus between national security and technology. In this bonus episode of the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast, Deputy Assistant to the President and Deputy National Security Advisor for Cyber and Emerging Technology, Ann Newberger, discusses the opportunities, challenges, and threats that tech presents for national security. The Future Strategy Forum is presented by CSIS, the Kissinger Center for Global Affairs at Johns Hopkins SICE, and Bridging the Gap. Hello. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you, the women of Smart Women, Smart Power Initiative. Delivering remarks during a time that's predominantly defined by physical distance, juxtaposed with a dramatic increase in technological interconnectedness, is a fitting backdrop to a discussion on the nexus between technology and national security. While we're more reliant than ever on our technology, safeguarding its cybersecurity remains a challenge. Public and private sector entities are increasingly under constant, sophisticated, and malicious attack from nation-state adversaries and criminals. The stakes could not be higher. While technology can be leveraged to facilitate participation in democratic processes, accelerate financial inclusion, improve healthcare, and advance human rights and rules-based order, it can also be used by authoritarian regimes to advance mass surveillance, facilitate arbitrary detention, and systematize oppression. No conversation about technology and national security would be complete without touching on that, the core geopolitical dimensions of this issue. Talking more about that, competition with China is a central challenge that will define the 21st century. China seeks to use all instruments of national power to mount a sustained challenge to a stable and open rules-based international system. And it seeks to equal or supplant the United States in the technologies of the future and how we use the technologies of the future. Beijing works to propel state champions to dominant positions in the global market, all while reducing China's dependence on foreign countries and foreign companies, and simultaneously increasing their dependence on China. But this is no ordinary competition. Beijing is leveraging economic instruments and cyber intrusions to advance its objectives and to eliminate the strategic and technological gap. Beijing sees US government and commercial networks as particularly rich targets because we're such a source of innovation and creativity, and as such is aggressively working to compromise those networks to gain that innovation and intellectual property. The stakes are tremendously high if China succeeds in its efforts. Beijing can garner military advantages. It can use its technological power to bring other nations, coerce them, or even undermine their political independence. And Beijing can use outsized influence to write new rules and standards in ways that are difficult and counter to democratic values, American interests, and the interests of our democratic allies. So how do we approach this challenge? Cybersecurity is a national imperative. In the work we do on cybersecurity, on technology and national security and the National Security Council, these geopolitical realities and the nexus between technology and its impact on national security touches everything we work on. At its core, cybersecurity, or protecting networks, devices, and data from unauthorized access, use, manipulation, theft, all while ensuring the integrity and availability of information 
are a prerequisite to security and innovation. So that's the textbook definition of cybersecurity. What it really means to all of us as we think about it is that cybersecurity is an economic and national security imperative. And combined with ingenuity, it's the foundation on which global innovation is built. I'll take a few moments to describe how the Biden administration is advancing our national economic security interests by safeguarding cybersecurity and fostering innovation. Our approach can be summarized by three complementary, mutually reinforcing lines of effort. First, modernizing cyber defenses. Second, returning to a more active role internationally. And finally, ensuring America is better postured to compete. I'll briefly touch on each of these efforts. First, we're modernizing cyber defenses to really build back better from some of the recent incidents and the lessons we've learned over the last decade of what's needed in cybersecurity. We need bold and immediate innovations and investment. We need to raise the bar of essential cybersecurity practices and continuously look for opportunities to do more. The world of evolving and emerging technologies is increasingly interconnected, and as connectivity increases, security concerns do too as does the increased possibility of attacks and networks on interconnected systems. We must, among other things, rapidly and substantively improve software supply chain security. Too much of our software, including critical software that has control over systems or control over identity and trust, which is the root of our systems, is shipped with significant vulnerabilities that our adversaries then exploit. This is a long-standing, well-known problem and we've kicked the can down the road for far too long. We must leverage the purchasing power of the federal government to jumpstart that market and drive the market so that security is built into software more from the beginning. Security can't be an afterthought. We don't buy a new car and only then decide if we want to pay for seatbelts and earbags. Our efforts will pay dividends outside of the federal government because much of the software the government buys is the same software that schools, small businesses, large businesses, and individuals buy. So while we're starting with federal networks, we can't stop there because many of the systems that run our critical infrastructure, the systems that deliver the gas that heats your homes and the electricity that powers your schools, our schools, was built during a time when we didn't plan for the interconnectivity and related cybersecurity risk we see today. Most of critical infrastructure in the United States is in private sector hands. So we need really creative partnerships with the private sector to make substantive progress on cybersecurity. Earlier this month, the administration announced a pilot program in which we're working with electric sector leaders to modernize cyber defenses, a program that will facilitate private sector efforts to install new technologies and systems that provide near real-time visibility, detection, and blocking capabilities to protect the technologies on which our critical services depend. This is the first step of a series of efforts we will be working on to ensure we can trust the systems underpinning our critical infrastructure. What does trust mean in that context? Trust means having the level of visibility needed to detect and block a threat that matches the consequences if that system is degraded or disrupted. We need that level of visibility to see malicious cyber activity in time to block it if it could cause degradation or disruption of a critical system. That's the goal we've set for our critical infrastructure efforts. 
in partnership with the private sector and broadly working coordinating across the many agencies in the US government who play key roles. Our second line of effort is revitalizing America's global leadership role. While we modernize our cyber defenses and safeguard existing infrastructure, we're also strengthening our global partnerships to counter adversaries that leverage technology to undermine national and global security. Technologies like 5G, artificial intelligence, machine learning, quantum computing, advanced manufacturing, semiconductors and microelectronics, space technologies and biotechnology are vital to our national security and economy. The administration is coordinating with allies and like-minded international partners through initiatives like the Quad Security Dialogue to develop, promote, and protect the security of these critical technologies and counter adversaries and competitors that may seek to use them to undermine our economic prosperity and national security. We're also collaborating with our allies and partners on efforts to counter cyber threats and hold malicious actors accountable. As one example, as you may have seen, we built a coalition of dozens of countries to support our attribution of the SolarWinds intrusion to the SVR and bolster our actions to hold Russia accountable for its malign actions in cyberspace. I'll quickly speak to two other efforts, 5G, or the future of the internet, and countering ransomware. 5G, we must, as a global community, advocate for the use of trustworthy, critical information and communications technology. 5G is the future of the internet, the future of an internet where use of its technology reflects our values of rule of law, civil liberties, and respect for privacy. The internet economy has flourished worldwide and dramatically improved access to information and productivity. And this is a direct result of internet standards that were open and consistent with predictable and fair governance. 5G will replace what's today landline cable access because of its enormous improvements in bandwidth and latency. We must be able to trust that the equipment and software we use will not introduce risks that threaten our national security as a country or individually, our privacy, our protection by rule of law and human rights. That trust can't exist where information and communications technology and service providers are subject to an authoritarian government which lacks an independent judiciary and rule of law to protect companies and consumers. This view has been consistent across U.S. administrations and is shared among many of our allies for good reasons. So like U.S. administrations before the Biden administration, we'll continue to advocate for the use of trustworthy communications technology vendors, and we'll think hard about ways to jumpstart the open standards ecosystem. I'll shift to talking a bit about countering ransomware. One of our earlier earliest global initiatives will be a cooperative effort to counter ransomware. Criminals and some nation states use ransomware to target everything from individuals, utilities, hospitals, and large companies. Extortion through ransomware with larger and larger ransoms presents a national security threat in part because of its devastating human and financial consequences. International cooperation to address it is critically important because transnational criminals are most often the perpetrators of these crimes, often leveraging global infrastructure and money laundering networks to do it. Finally, the administration will ensure America is better postured to compete in technology and beyond. While we secure the technology and infrastructure of today, we must invest and facilitate the innovation of tomorrow. 
we find ourselves at an inflection point. Federal investment in research and R&D is at its lowest in decades as a percentage of our GDP. And the President is committed to reversing this trend to ensure America remains a global leader in emerging technology. The American Jobs Plan includes a proposal to invest $180 billion in R&D of new and emerging technologies, technologies like quantum computing, AI, and microelectronics. This investment is a significant down payment on the future of American innovation. The American Jobs Plan also includes proposals to secure critical supply chains on which our technologies rely, including investing $50 billion in domestic semiconductor manufacturing and research. Before closing, let me speak to a few particularly important areas where we must be postured to compete, quantum computing and artificial intelligence. Quantum computing promises to revolutionize certain unsolvable computing problems across a variety of military and civilian applications, from pharmaceuticals discovery and healthcare to advanced materials and batteries to machine learning. As a very recent example, the miraculous development of a COVID vaccine in a very short time frame are as much a computing achievement as they are biochemistry innovation. Quantum computing may fundamentally accelerate similar innovations. Quantum computing will be disruptive in other ways too. It can fundamentally disrupt cybersecurity and the technology platforms on which it's built while offering new vectors to compromise critical information systems and networks with potentially devastating impacts on certain encryption methods like asymmetric encryption, the foundation of our economic and national security communications. That's the encryption upon which our internet rides today. The President's plan reflects a commitment to accelerate U.S. leadership in quantum computing and quantum information science more broadly while protecting the country from the adversarial use of these technologies. Finally, AI. We must establish ourselves as leaders and innovators in artificial intelligence because it will be an ever-present enabler for analytics and innovation across functions across every sector. Through AI solutions, we'll be able to better leverage the significant data sets available to government and industry to inform decision-making that can drive growth of the economy, enhance our national security, and improve quality of life. As with other technology, AI has promise. AI can also be abused, including by irresponsible actors and authoritarian regimes. The federal government will continue to drive efforts with industry and international partners to realize the full technological potential of AI, foster trust in responsible and secure applications of AI, and invest in the American workforce to ensure that we can leverage AI to its greatest potential. Renewing America's advantage, not only in AI and quantum, or even technology broadly, but across all elements of our country, is a core premise of the Biden administration's national security strategy. By making these investments, we're confident that we can approach the world from a position of strength and take on any challenge, whether harnessing the promise of emerging technology or outcompeting China. In closing, thank you for inviting me to share our thoughts on the nexus between technology and national security. It was a great opportunity to also sign up for the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast and gain from the wisdom of so many other women and other speakers. Subscribe to the Smart Women, Smart Power podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to good content. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Smart Women, and I'm at Beverly Kirk. Thanks for listening. See you next time.